for real. Oh, really? That's how you feel. And the guys are like, asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them You know what I hate, Taylor? This is like the most white thing of all time. Is when you cook spaghetti and people cr- crack the spaghetti into two and then throw it into the pot. Is that something you do? I do not. I never got that. As, as, as the more white person on this podcast, I want to figure out why. <laughs> why do you do why? it? <laughs> why you got to put that on my shoulders? <laughs> I don't do it. <laughs> you're a, repre- you're a representative okay. right. of, <laughs> of your group. Like, represent your group. <laughs> I, I don't want to be associated with, with spaghetti crackers. Okay, this is all, to all the spaghetti crackers out there, and I know you're listening... It's it's you put the whole stick of spaghetti in there, five seconds and it goes down. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think you're that's putting the biggest, that in water. That's got. I mean, that's the reason people do it. It's like, oh, it, well, it doesn't fit. Well, it will. That's what she said. It will. Okay, it will, but it will. You know. Yeah. So it just will. let it let it have a little patience. You just trust the process. Right. That 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 has always been that that is the biggest cooking pet peeve of mine. By the way, is the cracking. That that is the, the biggest. Oh yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Interesting. You got one. No. Do you cook at all? Yes. Nice. When's the last time you cooked? Uh, I think I cooked la- last this past weekend. Nice. No, no, last weekend. Nice. Yeah, last weekend. Cooking is, you know, a phenomenal skill to learn. Yep. But, some, you know, sometimes you get quite in the mood for it, and then you make something like 50 macarons, and you're like, how the fuck do I eat all of this? Yeah, I'm, I've gotten a lot better about, like, what I like doing is going, like, whenever I feel like cooking something or I crave something, I just go to the store, buy what I need for it, and then cook it so that I don't have a whole lot of excess around and stuff like that. I think that's a huge, Well, huge good thing. talk. Good talk. Yeah. Welcome to the Misinterpreted Podcast. How was your day? Uh, we're glad you're here. Ryan, tell your, Ryan, uh, question biscuit. for you. And Biscuit, hey, welcome. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um... The question, <laughs> hey buddy, <laughs> hey buddy, come here, come here, bud, come on, join us. You're there our third you guest. Go. There we go. Um, as we just finished up watching the Masters, um, and the the champion of John Rahm from Spain, but you you see all these golfers out there, and you're starting to see MLB teams uh, throw sponsors on their jerseys as well. But the sponsorship uh, on the polos and NBA's been doing it for a few years. If you're on the PGA Tour. You get three sponsors. What are you going with? Now, we're, we're in a beggars can't be choosers situation right now, so I'll take just about anything, including Lucy Lundquist's design. Um, Naturally. But if I had to choose a top three, you know, I'd go with a variety. I have to go with the Marlboro. I know smoking <laughs> is bad for you, but come on, like the iconic Ferrari teams back in the day, that's just a brand that knows they're going to have your back and not your lungs. Um, <laughs> that's good. And then in time, or, or in, in the theme of... of you know, of drugs. I think I got to go with a legal drug and go with one of the most iconic whiskey brands around the world, Johnny Walker. A little bit of Johnny Walker sure. red on the on the front of it. Johnny Walker are you blue. Going, are you going red label? Oh, red label is the most accessible. So absolutely. Okay. Or so blue, are, or are, blue. You, are you throwing like the red label sash on the polo? Oh, f- for sure, for sure. I'll, I'll do the red label That's sash legit. on the polo. Blue label. If I'm no, I'm going to cash in a check. Because just you know, I have to do a little something nice for myself. Yep. And for a third one, just a little bit of wild card in there. Aston Martin. Gotta Ooh. go with a. Gotta go with some class. Ooh, maybe maybe in that sponsorship you get like free rentals of of cool cars. Yeah, how about just like give me a car? Well, you I know? mean, yeah, <laughs> sure. I'll, I think you would get one, but then you should you should have access to like the vintages. You know, I should walk into dealership and they should know who I am. 
anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. Mm. That's a big ask. Yeah. Talking about a beggar's can't be choosers <laughs> dilemma. Yeah. Talk I about think you're asking script. for a lot there. <laughs> Turn it right around. Okay, my number one, and it is it is on the tour right now. Cam Young is sponsored by the MLB. Huge perk that he gets free tickets to any MLB game whenever he wants. So my number one is going to be MLB. I think that's classic. Number two, gotta go with the Zinbonis. Sure, sure. I mean, how can you the not? Zendayas? Yeah, the Zinnitron. Zinnitron. <laughs> oh, there's uh, Nelson Cruz going yard. Oh, wow. Don't say. Hometown hero, huh? How about um, him? So I'd go with those two, and then uh, I would be the first golfer to ever be sponsored by J. Crew. No, that's not a bad one. One thing that I'm missing is an apparel brand that could hook me up. Like I was thinking about putting a Versace in there, mm. like uh, you know, like a Balenciaga. But mm. you know, which one do you take out of there if you're choosing a top three? Right. Like, would you rather have the clothes or would you rather think, have the cars? I don't. Th- well, yeah, I would probably go car because those those brands that you're talking about don't lend themselves well to the golf scene. J. Crew, on the other hand, certainly does. I know there's been uh, Vineyard Vines golfers in the past, um, but yeah, I'm thinking I, more from I, like I, a boxing perspective too, like having like. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I think I think in boxing you go like. Balenciaga across yeah. the belt. That like Canelo sick. does a uh, full Dolce Gabbana, Ooh. like top and bottom, like for his uh, for his robe, That's and then sick. the shorts, the probably the shoes as well. I can get behind that. Yep, great fighter. Anyway, let's. Anything you want to talk about the Masters? Congratulations, John Rahm. Brooks yeah, Kepka. I just wasn't a fan. Brooks Brooks Kepka absolutely blowing it. And I, I am a big golfer myself. Can't get myself to watch golf yet. I'll give myself a couple more years for that though. It'll come. Yeah, it'll come. I think when you break ninety, like pretty consistently. I was doing that pretty consistently last year, and then I stopped playing. Okay, yeah. I'll give you that. I'll, 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 that. Th- this is what will happen, right? Like, like um, July, August, I'll start breaking ninety more often. Um, you know, two thirds of the time, I'll say I'm in the best golf game of my life. <laughs> yep. um, you know, I'm going to say next season I'm going to be back better than ever, and I won't swing a club for another seven months, and it'll be back to square one for Ryan Eldridge. And that, that is exactly out. where I want to be. I want you, to be want, a, you want to be in the ebbs I, and flows. I want to be in the... Well, well, well first thing, right? It's, it's, it's You think about price per ball hit. Ooh. First of all, I'm getting my money's worth. Yeah. Second of all, I want to feel very comfortable. Because when I was tr- truly trying to shoot low, it was like no drinking, like head in the game all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's not very fun. Like I want to drink on the course. I want to enjoy myself with my buddies. Right. I want to, you know, swerve in the golf cart a little bit too. Naturally. That is not conducive to a good golf. So, if we talk make, about golf being yeah. a mental game. I'm just thinking of that side way more than I am about the actual game. I get so. that. I think when golf gets really fun is when you can shoot sub 90, when you can go like 88 and get drunk. Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean that's money. I mean, you can be a scratch golfer and still be drunk, and you just that good, right? True, but I you don't want to be that good because then it's no fun to compete with people. Because if you're just going out with your guys, like... It, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I'll give you a stroke, a hole. That doesn't make it fun. Right, right, right. right? You want to be like, oh, yeah, you pop on like 2, 6, and 14. And like, I'll give you 3. And then and then you get to go out and actually compete. And then it doesn't feel like you're dragging along the rest of your group. You know, you want to be drinking with them and still being able to compete and, and make it fun. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of competing, one woman that competed throughout the last month or so, her needs no introduction, Caitlin Clark. 
Uh, we did the math throughout the entire tournament. 31.8 points per game. 5.2 rebounds per game. 10 assists per game. Which, Ridiculous. Considering her volume, shooting, and just the amount of shots that he's putting up and going in, the fact that she's able to still contribute 10 assists a game, disgusting. And she had 41 points in the quarterfinals, 41 in the semis, and just 30 in the finals. What are your thoughts about Clayton Clark? I mean, absolutely changed the game. Like, she... I she is exactly with the run that she went on and and all the hype that she brought along with Iowa's run. It's exactly what happened with Steph Curry and Davidson. Cuz after that, obviously Steph made a name for himself, goes out and does everything that he needs, changed the game of basketball. I think Caitlin Clark just did that with women's basketball. Yeah, I think I watched more women's basketball over the past month than I have combined for the rest of my life. You I think, you along with the rest of the country. Right. Everyone. I mean, the the Final four games and then the championship all had higher uh, viewership than the highest, the most viewed regular season NBA game this year. Wow, wow, that's nuts. Yeah, that's a, and and the stadiums are sold out too. Like it was a absolutely. Pack, it was oh, a that was a house. The, yeah, oh, it was yeah. Awesome. The uh, I believe I, I I don't know if I have this figure completely correct, but the the lowest the, the lowest price ticket of the men's national championship game was forty four dollars. Right of the women's. It was about 140. Right. You got to you gotta factor. Lot. You got to factor into account that like the men's one is in a football stadium. So the 44 dollars is like you're, you're still putting that up on your phone. You're getting the atmosphere around you, but you're watching the game probably on your phone up from the nosebleeds. But I totally get it. This is a huge right. dub for women's basketball, and you know you can call it a beef. You can call it a rivalry with Angel Reese, the Bayou Barbie. That's uh, the coolest nickname. That, that, that's that's a, a that's sick a, that nickname. That is a sick name. Um, I, I think that's the type of storyline that you need to to kind of push the sport forward. Because you don't really hear in the WNBA, like, the beef that's going around, the, the storylines, everything right. that's going on. Like, like, even in the NBA, the most I've watched of the NBA this season is, like, Dylan Brooks being a menace. Yes. Like, highlights. Because that's <laughs> what gets all the media attention. Exactly. So, this is perfect for women's basketball. Um, Angel Reese phenomenal as well she had what like 34 double doubles throughout the entire yeah, season that's like insane. nuts yeah yeah i mean i it grows the game like at the end of the day it grows the game like i mean it's cliche to say but any publicity is good publicity right like you're just getting more eyes on women's basketball and then if they see like the altercations they're like oh this is interesting and then they go watch clips and they're like this is this is really good basketball this is entertaining like right i could watch this but then the other crazy thing is that angel reese and caitlin clark are coming back for another oh, year oh yeah oh yeah because yep. they're making four or five six times what they would which, make which, in the which, which is a huge dub too that, huge. NI, it's, that nil is going to women's sports as well title nine everything that goes along with that and Women, I, women's athletes at the college level are paid more than men really oh yeah they're they're responsible for more for i i want to say like 75% of NIL deals. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's even more like than the football players. Oh yeah. Well they might not be the, the, I I'm are you is it like the, a the, high, the highest NIL contracts or not contracts but the highest NIL deals money-wise go to the men. But percentage-wise the women have more NIL deals. Have a higher volume and deals. total money it goes to the women. That's that's huge. That's, that's huge, huge for the program. That's huge for growing the game. I think I know. I think I'm, I'm going to know your answer to this. But thoughts on the Angel Reese, kind of her reaction after winning that game, going up to Caitlin Clark, showing up the ring. I can't see you. 
you know, with that hand wave emotion across your face. Do you have any thoughts about that? I get it. And okay, so there there are two sides to this coin. The the first is that Angel Reese is portrayed completely differently than Caitlin Clark is. Right? Angel Reese is, you know, she describes herself as hood and street and she's not going to stop or she's not going to hide who she is as a true her true self and she's going to continue to trash talk because that's how she was brought up. And I I completely get behind that. But we we have to acknowledge the fact that she is portrayed differently by the media than Caitlin Clark, who will trash talk all she wants, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, she's competitive, whereas Angel Reese is is street. Right, right. I imagine if Caitlin Clark did the same thing if they won, if Iowa won, completely different response. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, the one that got all the controversy... Caitlin Clark in against Louisville when they beat Haley Van Dyke. Van Lith. Shout Van Lith. Out, shout out Haley Van Lith, though, out of Kashmir, Washington. Yeah, got to love it. Yeah. So Haley Van Lith uh, was kind of jawing back and forth with Caitlin Clark, and, and Caitlin Clark hits a dagger. They call it, Louisville calls a timeout, and she does that a la John Cena move, you can't see me, on her way back to the timeout with her bench. She does it to her Iowa teammates, but Haley Van Lith is kind of in the mix. So it was kind of to Haley Van Lith. But then when Angel Reese does it, and that was, you know, in the heat of battle. That was when the game was still in doubt. When Angel Reese did it, the game was not in question. Like, LSU was already up 15, and they were going to win the national championship. Six, uh, seconds were ticking down off the clock, and she's following around Caitlin Clark to do that. I think that's disrespectful. I think they're both disrespectful moves, but on completely different levels. Like, Caitlin Clark's, I get, heat of the battle, just hit a dagger, big time, you're going back to your bench, you want to hype yourself up, you want to hype your team up, and, you know, if, if Haley Van Lith gets a look at it on the way too, it, even better. Angel Reese, on the other hand, is seeking Caitlin Clark on the floor, game's not in question, and she's doing that. I think that's a completely different level of disrespect. All right, I totally get you. I think, you know, like you said, a heat of batter winner, if you're, if you're going to win the national championship, you can pretty much do whatever you want. I think if that's the type of message that you do want to send, I'm absolutely for it. And at the end of the day, Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark are both competitors. Caitlin Clark totally gets it. So I, I am for that reaction. And once again, I think that's the type of controversy that does build the game. So that's I don't think there's no chance that Angel Reese did that as a chance to grow the game, grow her image too, like mm-hmm. get more NIL deal. But at the end of the day, that that was that will be the response to that. Um, but what I will say also is I think the best celebration is no celebration at all. Think oh, da- absolutely. Think, think Damian Lillard dagger against Paul George, the um, the Derrick Rose buzzer beater. Well, tap well. on the wrist from Dame. Yeah, it's like you know, it's it's even colder when you don't have to show anyone up. Right. It's like yeah, I. I just did that. Like I do that. Exactly. It's like it's like the act like you've been there before. Type exactly. Of, type of deal. I'm a huge fan. That, of that. being said, I have nothing against Angel Reese, and obviously she's a winner. She can do whatever the fuck she wants. Going Absolute on to, stud. Yeah. Absolute stud. Yeah. Going on to the men's tournament now. UConn just absolutely dominant throughout the tournament, and there was very little doubt throughout that SDSU game if they were that they were going to lose that game. Jordan Hawkins with a great game. Sonogo with a great game as well. Uh, you know, do you have anything to say about UConn, about their draft stocks, of their top players? Something Jordan Hawkins certainly going into the draft next year. What are your thoughts? I think two guys 
Jordan Hawkins raised his draft level to another level. Like his draft stock is through the roof as of this moment. I think the underrated guy, the straw that stirred the drink for UConn was Andre Jackson Jr. That guy is an absolute playmaker. He didn't score in double digits the entire tournament, but averaged six and a half assists a game. It's like he made that team go. And he did not have to score to do that. He just needed to get the ball into the playmaker's hands, enter it to the post of Sunogo, and and let Hawkins work. Like that is what a good basketball player does. And so I see Andre Jackson like boosting up boards right now. Right. I think that's huge for him. Right. Any anyone else in the you know, throughout the tournament, someone like Ryan Kalkbrenner uh, from Creighton. I think I think Creighton's uh point guard Nebhard, I think he plays a lot like his brother who was just at Gonzaga. Um but yeah, I think Nebhard who who's actually entering the transfer portal, so he's gonna go For somewhere what? huge. I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't stay at Creighton, but apparently he thinks that it's going downhill with Kaluma and Kalkbrenner out. But um yeah, I think Neb Hard's going to be a huge prospect, especially once he gets one more year under his belt. I think he was just a sophomore this season. So if he goes into his junior season and, and makes another run and improves it with another big team, I think he's going to boost up boards. I think the biggest loser of this tournament, like he had a lot of really good games, but down the stretch when he played against a physical and sharp team like UConn, Drew Timmy got bodied. I think, like, yeah, you can put up 30-point performances against teams that don't have a really great inside presence, but when you go against, like, a next-level center like Sonogo, I don't think it translates to the NBA. Well, I think Sonogo isn't even, like, projected to be No, not even NBA yet. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. Like, he's a physical guy inside on the defense, but yes. he's not that, you know, multi-faceted player that he, like, someone like Timmy will see on a day-to-day basis in the NBA. Right, I think, like, even Rudy Gobert, like, doesn't like Drew Timmy doesn't stand a chance against him. Doesn't stand a chance against Joel Embiid. Like all these guys and Anthony Davis. Are you kidding me? Like, I I I think Drew Timmy is a lot like Luca Garza a few years ago. Right. Like he got drafted. I want to say in the last couple picks by the Pistons. Yeah, he was a, a late. Years sec- he was a late second. If round. he, I, yeah, I believe he did get drafted, but. I drew Timmy's going to get drafted probably late second round as well. But Luca Garza, did you ever see him in an NBA jersey? No, I, I, I he fell off the face of the earth. Exactly. I think Drew Timmy's going to do the same thing. Right. I, I, they both of their games just don't translate because they're back to the basket, and at least Luca Garza could shoot a three. Drew Timmy can't do yeah, that. Drew Timmy did not. Drew Timmy three. cannot do yeah. that. I, I don't. I, th- I think his draft stock is, plummeted during that tournament. Unfortunately. What about those star players on like those top teams like Alabama, Houston? Kansas, we talk about a guy like Grady Dick who's going to be entering the draft as well. How 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 does their draft draft stock fare with those early exits? I I don't think it changes all that much. Um, I think it's really hard to make your draft stock go down uh, when you're on such a good team and you proved it for so long throughout the season. Like no one's going to think of Grady Dick as a lesser player. No one's going to think of Jalen Wilson as a lesser player. Brandon Miller. Everyone knows that they can get the job done because they did throughout the course of the whole season and they were consistent in doing so. And one game doesn't necessarily define their their play. I mean, it's any given Sunday, right? Like, anyone can catch these hands in the the NCAA tournament. It's like, 
because your team has one fluke, and I, spe- I think especially in the case of Kansas not having Bill Self on the sideline, that's a huge aspect. Right. So I don't think anyone is knocking knocking the, the players on those teams for that. I don't think that it, – it just doesn't give the scouts another opportunity to see them on a big stage. But I really don't think for that caliber of player it matters all that much. Right. Going back to kind of the UConn team, uh, we don't have the stats in front of us right now, but off the top of my head, I feel like they won by double digits in most of their games throughout the tournament. Certainly the last three, I think, were by double digits. This reminds me of that Villanova team, I believe it was 2018-2019, that absolutely dominated in a run in their tournament win, their second one in that decade. Was this the most dominant team since that year? Or since that Villanova team in, in the 2018-2019 year? And would this team, would this UConn team beat Villanova? I think that was the Dante DiVincenzo year, no? It was. Chris Jenkins buzzer beater. Is that the one you're talking about? No. I'm the, about the, the, oh, the, the couple the, years out. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think this UConn team beats Nova. I don't think this UConn team beats Kansas if they see them. I don't think this UConn team beats Alabama if they see them. UConn got lucky. Because Arkansas beat Kansas for them. So if you look at who they faced, they saw 13-seed Iona. They saw 5-seed St. Mary's, who is no match for a, a big squad like UConn. They saw Arkansas and throttled them by 23. They beat Gonzaga by 28. They see Miami a five seed. Like the high, the the highest seed that they saw was Gonzaga at a three. And we talked about why you know they weren't necessarily the strongest three seed out there. Exactly. And then they beat Miami by thirteen. They beat San Diego State by seventeen. So you're right. They had a dominant run, but they didn't play the 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 best teams. Right. They went out and got the job done. Is what you're trying yeah. to say? Like they they proved what they needed to prove. But I think this was. Off the top of my head, the easiest tournament run that I've seen by a champion. No, I have to agree with you. And we talk about you know the madness that was this tournament, and it all feeds into like a team that's able to get hot at just the right time, like UConn, that has the players to you know make big plays in big situations. Uh, you know, everything went absolutely right for this UConn team. We talk about UConn as a program; they're, they're a big basketball program, but. What's surprising about them is that their last two national championships were when they weren't necessarily that dominant throughout the regular season. We talk about 2014-2015. They were, I think they were a 7 seed facing a 10 seed mm-hmm. Kentucky in the finals. That was the Shabazz Napier year. Yep. And now like UConn with as a 4 seed winning you know, this tournament where they didn't have to face a single 1 or 2 seed the entire time. Like... it. it how, I'm just trying to. You got it. I'm just making making a comment. It's like, is this because it's a good program, or is this because it's just everything falling into place at the right time and it just happens to be UConn again? It's both. This this UConn team was top five, top ten for the first two months of the season. Went through a terrible drought. Got hot through the Big East tournament, and you mentioned it. Got hot at the right time, but. Oh, they they ding dong. They were right they were one of the most sound dominant teams at the beginning of the season. They just kind of lost sight of it early on. It's a long season, you know. You're if you're winning a championship, you're playing close to forty games. So, you know, I I think it's natural that you go through lulls. Like a team doesn't have to go UCLA undefeated, thirty six and zero to win a national championship. Like you don't you don't need to do that anymore. 
you just need to get hot. And and this this was the most underrated four seed of uh, easily of the tournament. But this was not a four seed roster. This was an easy two seed in in my mind. Like I, I don't want to sound like LeBron here, but I I felt like halfway through the season they were going to turn it around, and I I bet on them. I was like, oh, now this I'm going to buy the dip. I bet on them to beat Creighton, and then they lost. So that was unfortunate. But after that, I was like, oh, you feel like it's got to come. It's got to come. It's got to come. And it didn't for a while. And then finally, then the pieces fall into place. That's just how it works sometimes. It really is. Yeah, hey, congrats to UConn. That was was cool to watch. Yeah. It was cool to watch. That was a huge uh, Grisham ding-dong there as well. Also, uh, so we're watching this uh, Braves-Padres Sunday Night Baseball. <laughs> this, this Braves pitcher's name is, last name is Dodd, D-O-D-D. And I know I don't have my glasses on, but it just looks like his last name is yeah, Like doo-doo. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> a couple more O's in there. I, I see the exact same thing. You do? Time. Okay, okay, good. I'm glad it's not just me. He's going to have to petition for a new font. The back he, of the he definitely has to because that is unacceptable. Unacceptable. What do you think about? Uh, do you? I, I, okay, Marlins best jerseys in the MLB. Oh, oh absolutely. I see. And they got the, the best jerseys, like like the best jerseys in the game with the most, like for lack of better words, swaggy. I was just gonna say it. I was gonna say it. they got like swag. J- Jazz Chisholm with Woo! that jersey, like with two Jazz Chisholm, <laughs> Jazz Chisholm. <laughs> <laughs> It, 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 with like three, four chains, with his eye black, with his, you know, with all with all the jewelry that he wears, just absolutely love. He's it. legit. Like he's he's proving that he is, you know, cover worthy of of the show. But I, I still I don't know how they didn't go out and find anyone else. But he, I guess they just wanted someone. He, he kind of honestly a, looks a little bit like um, like a frat guy. Um, Whose Halloween costume is a baseball player? Just, uh, just all the, just all the accessories. No, you're, uh, he does, he does, he does. He but, does. but I, I mean it with the the most respect, right? Because yeah. he absolutely, he's dripped. He, he's dripped. He lives with it. Yeah, like, like it, it's about like the clothes you wear, right? It's as long as you feel confident with it, and he is has no shortage of confidence. That's true. All right, Ryan, you came to me for my expertise, if you will, on uh, college basketball. I now turn to you as our resident hockey guy. Sure. Um, postseason coming right up. Best it's a, postseason it's a, it's in sports. It's the best postseason. Best postseason, best in, postseason sports. in sports. It's, it's any eight seed can beat any one seed in any given day. We saw in the 2019 season where the Tampa Bay Lightning was about to say the Rays. I knew we'll you get, were. We'll get, we'll, get to dumb. we'll get to dumb in a second. But the Lightning had the most wins in the regular season by any team ever. And it ended up getting swept by the Blue Jackets in four games. The Blue Jackets winning their first series ever as a franchise. And this year, we might be seeing the same thing. The Bruins are on the verge of history oh, as well. Yeah. They have 62 wins. 63 is the, rec- is the record for wins in a season. And right now, I believe they're up 3-2 on the Flyers. Certainly, Is this the last game of the season for them? No, they, they've got they a couple three, more. They have three more. Oh, so after if they don't this? Win, yeah. If they, well, they have two more after this one. So okay. three games left. Um, and certainly are going to win one of those. They're up 4-2 now. Shout out the Bruins. Shout um, out the Bruins. But, they, but there's this one stat, right? Every... the team with the most points at the end of the regular season gets a trophy called the, called the President's Trophy, right? And it's like the regular season uh, winners 
which doesn't really mean a lot because obviously everyone wants to hoist the Stanley Cup. But the funny thing is, is that there, there's a thing called the President's Trophy Curse, where the last 16 President Trophy winners, only three have actually gone on to win the Cup. Really? And as a Toronto Maple Leafs fan that absolutely hates the Bruins, I'm loving every second of this record-breaking season by the Bruins. Wow. That's an interesting little nugget. I kind of like the sound of that. How about uh, we got to give a little love to our, uh, well, my Seattle Kraken oh, for like clinching a wild card spot. Thank you very much. We're going um, to a game, right? Yeah, we'll get to go see them in action against the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, last it's game of the regular Colorado? season. No, it is the Vegas Golden Knights. Last game of the regular season. Um, but they are slated. So how? So they go seeding of obviously it's, the it's top weird. three. It's weird. I think we. I think we face Colorado or we face. Um, Dallas. Well, we're going to be the seven, or C- Seattle is. I don't want to draw you in that. But Seattle is most likely, unless the Kings fall off, Seattle is most likely going to be the seven seed. So that's either, oh, actually, oh, that that's probably Edmonton. Ooh, brother. No. Uh, is it Edmonton, though? Well, yeah, Edmonton's at, at 105 points, and Colorado's at 102, so is Dallas. Right, right, right. Okay, so it's probably Edmonton. Might be Colorado. No. It may no, be Colorado. No, it's, it's, depending. It's, it's I mean, weird, there's, there are more it, it, games it's, to play. It's weird. Like, the seeding is weird. I don't think it's one through eight. Does it go top seed central, top seed Pacific? I think it like might. Like one, two? I think it might be Interesting. that. Interesting. I think okay. it might be that. Then it's probably either going to be Colorado but I think or they, Dallas. I think they changed it as well a couple years ago, and they made it weird. Mm. Because it used to be just one through eight in the conference, and then now it changed. But whoever it is, the Kraken will come to play regardless. But the Kraken... Not a lot of people are going to have them are going to have money on them to win the cup. Two teams that I think are going hot into the into the Stanley Cup Finals or Stanley Cup Playoffs, I should say. Edmonton, you know Connor McDavid. We talk yep. about Leon Drysaddle, but the big machine that makes that or the big cog that makes that machine turn is their rookie goalkeeper Skinner, who they they pick up Jack Campbell on a five by five from Toronto, and then they just absolutely don't play him anymore because he. He's aging. He's 35, 36 years old. I thought you just said he's Asian. He but he's good, aging. Does, he's aging. Does, he's he, aging. He's Asians in the league. But we talk about Skinner, who's a rookie, putting on an absolute clinic for the, for the Oilers with like a 2.36 goals against average. Oh, my. With that, with that defense as well that they have, they're going in hot into the tournament um, as well. And from the east, obviously, the Bruins are hot. But I kind of like the Toronto Maple Leafs' chance as well going into this. Of they're course you have healthy. to say that. Finally healthy. And listen, the bar is low for the Maple Leafs because they haven't made it out of the first round since 2004. So as long, as, so as, long as we get out the first round, which is not a guarantee, then it will be a successful season for the Butts. All right. I can see it happening. Yeah, Stuart Skinner. Stuart Shout Skinner. Shout out to him, though. Yeah, that being said, if, I were, to, lad. If, if, lad. I, if I were to put money on a single team to, to win the Cup again, it's got to be Colorado. They have the experience. Yeah. They're playing in a Western Conference that is much more diluted than the East. Like, the East, every single series is going to be a slugfest. The West is more of a cakewalk for... It's like a Yukon sort of path for, okay. for Colorado. I see. And it. obviously, the teams in front of them are still good, whether it be uh, Vegas, whether it be Edmonton, whether it even be a team like Calgary or Seattle. But you would much rather face those teams than, like, a Tampa Bay Lightning, who, even in a down year, have all the experience in the world to win a series. Yeah. Um, I want to bet on the Carolina Hurricanes. Do you think that's a bad bet? Yeah, I would say so. 
Darn it! Uh, they, they would not just be, a, be just because there's so much. They would parody, not be in like my top five. Can happen. Yeah. Really? That would, they would not be in my top five. But like I said, so you would go. Like, you would go Bruins and Maple Leafs out of that side, and then like three others from the West. Well, from the, from the East, I'd probably go Maple Leafs. You know, Maple Leafs, um, Bruins. There's that, probably not a whole lot of it, value in Boston. Yeah, from a betting perspective, I like Carolina. I just don't think they're going to win it. But I think like a New York team, like the Rangers or even the Islanders, are going to put in massive work because they have experienced goaltending, you know, between the sticks as well. And from the West, I think you got really good teams now in Edmonton, in Colorado, and even Vegas now who can absolutely put in the clinic as well. I'm trying to pull up odds right now. I want to take this lull to uh, stock up on the whiskey. Oh sure, getting into Why my don't age. You? Why not? Why don't you? What what did originally get you into whiskey? Peaky Blinders, mate. Was it really? Yes, it That's, was. Oh, it was interesting. Look at Tommy Shelby drinking all the whiskey he has. Like, why not try it? Why? And one thing one thing led to another, and interesting. It is now a staple of a Sunday afternoon. Sure. Well, you did say the Sunday scaries were coming on hot. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, my somehow I'm I'm not seeing it on here, but I will just look it up elsewhere. Bah, 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 bah. So Connor McDavid, sixty-five goals, most goals in the calendar year, or in 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 the millennia, I should say. And, and this is a guy that is a pass-first player. And we've always, you know, hockey fans have always talked about it. it's like if Connor McDavid wanted to be a goal scorer with his absolute skill uh, with the puck as a, as a shooter, he can absolutely be the best goal scorer in the league as well as the best passer. He's showing now that he can do both. All right. Uh, okay, so Bruins are at plus 360. Yes, that, is that, that is awful. No value. Colorado is next at 700. The Maple Leafs are at 900. And then Carolina, Edmonton, and New Jersey uh, are the are the next three all just over. Yeah, I, don't like, I don't like New Jersey right now. I don't either. It's a terrible they're, state. They're, they're, yep. That's <laughs> yep, that too. Yep. That's it. That's it. Would you but go? They're, just, they're would, just a young team. They're just a young team, right? So yeah. this is like this group with Jack Hughes at the forefront of that. Like their first Stanley Cup playoffs. They're going to have a little bit of the jitters. They're going to be facing a lot more experienced teams in front of them as well in the East. So I see this as a great starting point for what could be a really good core for the for the Devils moving forward. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. I've, yeah. I like now that I like actually like really enjoy watching the NHL. I I'm really looking forward to the postseason because yeah. this is the first one I'll like truly understand and kind of get into. But I'm I'm still I'm going to stick with Carolina. Yeah, they've so, got so, they've got beef with the Rangers. Oh, they they sure do. I really hope they see each other. You know what? Uh, there's a Sebastian Aho. I think it's on the Rangers, but it might be the Islanders. And there's also Sebastian Aho on the Hurricanes as well. I did know there was a Sebastian Ajo on the Hurricanes. I did not know that. So there was yeah, one. there's another one. Interesting. In in one of the New York teams that is not related at all. And there's this one game earlier in the season where they both scored goals one minute apart in different games. That is wild. That is just wild. All right. Well, that's Ryan. I'm Tellier. We appreciate you tuning in. This has been the Misinterpreted Podcast. Oh, really? That's how you feel. And the guys be like asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why are you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh, who-